Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. I am Dave Hooker. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. Check out his site. Do it now. The big lead today. We're going to talk Ole Miss. We're going to talk Missouri. Also, some Tennessee as well. We'll go around the country and take a look at an Arizona senior quarterback, Khalil Tate. You've probably heard of him. A recruiting report with a 2020 safety-slash-linebacker that has now picked up a scholarship offer from Alabama. The film room will take a look at Texas A&M's offense and a scouting spotlight. How about uh, redshirt freshman quarterback Matt Corral at Ole Miss and also uh, senior Octavius Cooley uh, tied in. We'll have a scouting spotlight on both of those guys. But let's start out with the big lead. Uh, head coach Matt Luke at Ole Miss said the team will be patient with the recovery of redshirt junior quarterback Jalen Jones, uh, torn ACL and meniscus in Ole Miss's season opener. Chris, you know I've talked about this before, and they certainly don't, don't want to rush him, but it's just amazing with, with where medical technology is, and it wouldn't stun me at all if he's ready to go in fall camp. Yeah, you know, people always ask me now what's the difference, and I think the biggest difference in the sport of football is over the years is medically and the advancement of medical technology because in the old days when you tore ACLs, um, you literally had to cut through it. And I apologize for the graphic description, but literally you had to cut through the muscle to go in and fix it. And that's why it was a two-year injury, we call it, because, you know, you could fix it, but then now you got to have the regeneration of the muscle and you got to build that muscle up. And you weren't you weren't right for two years, but now the scope has made all the difference in the world. They go in with a little medical vacuum cleaner and clean up the loose bodies and go in uh, and can repair the thing and uh, and fix it. And it makes the rehab a completely different. You don't uh, disturb at all the muscles, and um, so the rehab is a lot better. And they do a really good job. Now Jalen uh, obviously injured himself against Texas Tech last September, so. You know, sometimes when you an injury, you always look and see when did it take place. It's taken some time now. Um, in April, um, you know, he, he the the feeling was that they thought look well, they'll he'll get to some straight line running in the summer, and then they'll kind of do the cutting and the the change of direction work later on. But kind of checking in on the situation, he's a really good corner that's got good speed and is really important for them. They are not going to rush it. You're right, and they're going to kind of say, well, let's just work on getting you back you'll, you'll work mentally on what you need to work on and then we'll see where august can't t- tapes and, and and takes him and if he can move and cut at that point then i think he'll be a full go but I, it looks like they anticipate him being ready for the start of the season um so they're on schedule for that but uh, are hopeful at least that they can get him uh, ready to go you know, for somebody that's had 15 knee surgeries, Chris, I, I kind of tuned that out a little bit. I hope you don't mind. Uh, Missouri, <laughs> start, talking, to start talking about cutting through uh, muscle. That sounds pretty brutal. Uh, Missouri senior cornerback, Demarcus Acey, converted safety. And you really like his size for the NFL at a corner. Yeah, I do. I think he can be a good press corner, good zone corner at the next level. Um you know he did play uh, did play safety. They moved him to you know to corner and play outside against some of those big receivers, and he can match up. And they play a lot of zone there, so it makes some sense to do and put him on the outside. Uh, he's physical. I think he's got good length. I think he plays through the receiver very well and plays through the ball 
very well. So I, I think that he's got a chance to be a decent next-level player. We'll see how well he progresses this year. But he's somebody that jumped out at me. Uh, we're, I'm curious to see where this Missouri defense will go. They obviously, with Kelly Bryant, got a new look on offense with Drew Locke on. Uh, they've got some missing pieces there. We'll see what they can do with the running game and the defense. That's going to be key for them to have some success on the field. But Demarcus Acey is uh, a good player that, uh, as a senior, I think has a chance to have a really good year. You didn't have to press uh, Jeremy Pruitt very hard this time last year what his biggest concern was. It was the offensive line, and he certainly addressed that in this past recruiting class. Tackle Darnell Wright is one that you would think, based off his recruiting ranking, he could compete for a uh, starting job. We'll see if he's able to do that. Would have helped if he was a midtermer. Yeah, it would have. And, you know, I think sometimes that we we look back in the days where you didn't have all the early enrollees. Now, when you're not an early enrollee, it certainly kind of handicaps you a little bit. He's talented enough to come in and play well early. And and he's got, with that 6'6 frame, or thereabouts, you know, he can fill out, he's 275, 278, he can be a 300-pound guy uh, without too much effort and energy with the nutrition and weight conditioning program. Um, how well he can play or how effective he can play early and how quickly they can get him in the lineup will probably have a lot to do with the fact that uh, his chances would have been enhanced had he been a midterm enrollee. Uh, there's just not a lot there. You're right. Um, Jeremy is concerned. That's not a very good group at the line of scrimmage. They got a ways to go. So what I look at and study with him is this is a guy that's very capable. I think that at some point he'll get some playing time. Will he start? I don't know. Is he ready to start? Probably not, but he may be certainly one of the best five that they have to put out there. So I think it's going to depend with the preseason camp, how well he does uh, in August and, uh, and how well he can hold his weight. That'll ultimately determine. And then, Dave, what are the other options? I think all those things are going to factor in uh, because he is someone that I don't expect to be a four-year guy. I think he has enough talent to be a really effective player. But as you mentioned, would have really benefited from getting into to school early. Yeah, and I think most people are penciling in Wanya Morris, who was a midtermer, also a yes. five-star, as as a starter there. So correct, it, it might be the right direction to go. Starting two offensive linemen that are true freshmen is is crazy but um and with what they had last year that might be the way to go yeah it depends on where what your other options are and and listen people say well what are they gonna do well it's pretty simple i mean we'll see how well Wright progresses and whether an older guy is maybe the better option early uh, and i think that's how you do it i mean there's no question that Wright is more talented than 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 some of the guys that they have on the roster but is he better able to help them right away? I think that's a question mark at, that, at, at this point. Interesting. Around the country next, it'll be Arizona senior quarterback Khalil Tate. And uh, coming up, a recruiting report. A gentleman has picked up a scholarship offer from Alabama. Also, film room, a look at Texas A&M's offense and a scouting spotlight. We look at a couple of guys from Ole Miss. So stay tuned. Khalil Tate at Arizona as we go west around the country. You're locked on SEC football podcast. He is Chris Landry with Landry Football. I'm Dave Hooker. You are locked on SEC football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Welcome back, your Locked On SEC football podcast. I am Dave Hooker. He is uh, Chris Landry, the man with the info. If you haven't been to LandryFootball.com, I really don't know what, what you're doing uh, because it is the type of insight you just can't get anywhere else. If you don't know by now, uh, Chris is a former coach, a former scout, a former team executive. Uh, I'm not going to make him blush, but he's done a lot of incredible things in the world of football. So me, I just talk about it. So let's get uh, around the country. We're going to jet out west. Arizona senior quarterback Khalil Tate. What do you think? You know, last year at this time, there was a lot of hope and speculation. Hey, Khalil Tate, Kevin Sumlin. What a good marriage. Um, Well, it just goes to show you how things sometimes can unfold. Uh, you certainly are dealing with working through a transition uh, under Sumlin, and then he has an ankle injury. And you take away the wheels of a guy that's a mobile quarterback, and that's a big, big issue and a big problem. I've got him pegged as somebody to watch, as somebody that, you know, again, we tend to forget about because the production wasn't there for uh, Arizona or Tate. Uh, but he was a guy that people started, hey, you think – Khalil Tate can win the Heisman. What do you think about this, that? Uh, I I think he's a bounce-back candidate, Dave, because if he's healthy a year in this system, I think he can be a really good fit. And I I think the injury really hurt him a lot more than people know. He's such an explosive athlete. He's such a dual-threat option. Uh, We'll see what Kevin can do. You know, I know that Kevin uh, came under some criticism overall at at A&M and the inconsistencies, but the guy's a good coach, and he's, he's had some success. Um, I think Arizona is a place where you can win, not win big, but I think you can have success. And I, one thing I, you know, certainly at AM, um, dealing with the quarterbacks were an issue. So I think this is a little bit of a kind of a prove it uh, to us type moment for Kevin Sumlin as well to get Khalil Tate back on track. So I'm very curious to see what happens in Tucson this fall with Khalil Tate because I think he can be kind of an all-Pac-12 type of player and somebody that at least gets talked about as among the best players in college football. I love it when Alabama offers a three-star player because their fans, rightly so, are so spoiled. They're like, what are we doing? But the simple fact is he could add another star, and uh, the rankings via recruiting aren't the gospel by any stretch Mm -hmm. of the imagination. I'm curious what you think about 2020 safety slash linebacker Court Williams. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about him was a perfect example of, you know, Josh Jacobs, first round pick, three star guy. The reason why I wanted to bring him up is just obviously people who look at this stuff uh, misevaluated because I've looked at him and he's outstanding. And Alabama certainly looked at him and said they don't pay attention to five, four, and three stars. This guy's a really good player. He's six feet, he's 207. And he's a little bit of, or where does he fit? He's a football player. He's very active. He's very physical. Um, he is a, a very instinctive. Um, you know, I, I think that he's a guy that's probably deserving of, I, I know that kind of how I got him in that red grade area, which kind of puts him in that four-star area. This guy's a really good player. Now, I don't know where he's going to grow into. I don't know that he's going to be a linebacker. See, he plays in the box uh, in a linebacker role in high school. Um, I, I see him as a safety. I see he can do safety things against the run. I do think he can um, 
handle a tight end or a back out of the backfield. I think he can turn and run and do those things. Is he going to be a ideal free safety deep half cover guy? A little bit of a question, but I can tell you what this guy is going to be. He's going to be a dominant special teams player at the college level. I think he's going to be a really good run defender, and I think he's going to be a really good blitzer. And I think he's capable enough to play in coverage. So, um, look, I, I, I think he's a really good player. I think he's underrated. And I give a lot of credit to uh, um, Holman Wiggins, the receiver coach, and Steve Sarkeesian, who went and visited this kid and said, this kid's really good. Made him an offer, and that's how you do it. That's recruiting. Uh, by the way, Ohio State's interested. They play a little football there in Columbus, and uh, he's scheduled to go there for a visit in June. So I don't know where he's going to go at this point. Alabama's offered him. Now, there is interesting story to this in that the kid said he's a little bit surprised by the offer, and people say, oh, well, <laughs> what are they doing? Even the kid's surprised. But again, <laughs> I, I think sometimes you know you don't, you don't know where you stand. I, I think we see this a lot. This kid's a good football player. That's what I'll tell you. And we'll see how his career uh, pans out. Yeah. I, I wonder how many three-star high school prospects have uh, gone through Alabama and been first-round draft picks. I'm going to say a lot. Quite so, a few. Yeah, quite a few. The film room coming up next. Let's take a look at the Aggies. Also a scouting spotlight with a couple of guys from Old Miss that you need to know about. Stay tuned. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. You are locked on SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're Locked On SEC Football Podcast, and yeah, we're talking about the SEC. That's why we're going to take a look at Texas A&M's offense via Chris Landry of Landry Football. I'm Dave Hooker, and then we'll get to a scouting spotlight, Chris. Well, you know, last year they obviously played Clemson and Alabama, and that were part of, you know, a, a couple of losses there. Their offense failed to get to 27 points in seven games last year, and they lost four of them. So, um, you know, again, Clemson and Alabama being the two, which were, were clearly those two teams are better. Uh, as I look at them this year, there, there are things that jump out at me. Travion Williams was a really underrated back. He's gone. Jay Sternberger, very underrated. It was good. A, it was a good a tight end as we had in the SEC last year, and that that includes Irv Smith. Um, he's gone. Uh, they lost a very good center in Eric McCoy, um, who's with now with the Saints, drafted by the Saints, and then of course their backup quarterback Nick Starko. Uh, you know, surprise quarterback loses out and he moves on, and he's maybe going to be the backup for Arkansas. We'll see. Uh, other than that. And those are some key guys. They're returning a lot of guys. Kellen Mond is another year in the system. Uh, talk about coaching quarterbacks hard. Jimbo Fisher does that. Uh, Kellen needs to become more accurate to be able to improve this passing game. But they've got to do a good job of better job, I should say, of pass protection. I thought they graded out well for me in the run game. But in the pass game, I don't think they were nearly as good as they need to be. In order for them to grow in this offense, in this offense under Jimbo, they've got to get the ball to their big physical receivers. Um, Courtney Davis and Cameron Buckley and Jamon Osborne. I mean, they've got their top six receivers all return. Um, they will be able to, to make plays if they have enough time to do it. So pass protection is going to be pivotal. I think they've got a good young 
center that that was an understudy uh, in Ryan McCollum. So I think the offensive line can be better because I think they've got more experience. Uh, the backs, somebody's going to have to step up. Um, Joshua Corbin is a really good one. The Central Florida transfer, Cordarian Richardson, is a 246-pound load. So, I mean, a little bit thunder and light, lightning action there. But it really is going to come down, I think, to the line play and pass protection overall. You know, they ran for over 200 yards seven times last year. They went 6-1. and one. The only loss is to Auburn. So I think the running game, which Jimbo teaches and preaches, um, is going to be okay. And I think the offensive line is a good run-blocking unit. So their ability to improve in the pass protection that will help Kellen Mond become more consistent. And with those receivers, if you can force an extra defender in the box, Dave, they got some one-on-one situations where they can make plays, and that's what they need to do. So I'm looking at a couple of things. Uh, the improvement of Kellen Mond. I, I think the receivers, you're going to hear the name of Courtney Davis and Jamon Osborne a lot, and I want to see what Dan Moore can do as a senior offensive tackle that's got experience and how well he can step up. That is the key, I think, for this AM offense to take that next step and to develop some consistency. And this is Jimbo's baby. You know, I mean, he's the head coach, but he is a guy that is really focused on toughness, the running game, using tight ends, being physical in the passing game, and, and that's going to be a focus here in the fall practice. And as the talent level is continued to improve, and boy, have they recruited well. Not many of those guys are ready to help right away. Some of them are, but some of them are going to help in another year from now. But as you get into the second year of establishing your identity even further, this is going to be interesting to see how they pass the toughness smell test in College Station this year on offense. Let's go to Oxford. Redshirt freshman quarterback Matt Corral and senior Octavius Cooley, uh, a tight end, has uh, caught your eye. Your thoughts on those two players? Yeah, I really am impressed with what I've seen of Matt Corral. He doesn't have a lot of experience. But, boy, this guy can sling it. I mean, this guy's got a really good arm. Um, He's only attempted 22 passes. Uh, he's a top 100 recruit, so he's got a lot of talent. He came with a lot of expectation, and, and I see why. Um, he's really good. Now, they do not have a lot of experience at receiver because they lost a couple of key guys that are into the NFL. So inexperience with a young quarterback, with a young receiving core, is not the ideal mix. With Matt, it's not the ability to make plays. Dave, it's the ability of avoiding the negative plays and the mistakes. But I do like what they can do. I'm very curious to see uh, what they do with Rich Rod on offense, try to maybe pace people a little bit, try to get them misaligned with their tempo. And this kid has enough ability. If they're able to run the football well enough, that's going to be the key, is can they make, you know, can they get the defenses off balance enough to make some big plays in the passing game? Now, one of the guys that they're going to turn to is a big tight end, who is Octavius Cooley, who is really not another tight end option there as they've, again, lost a couple of key guys the past couple of years. Uh, but I think he's going to be a, a big weapon, not the receiving weapon that Dawson Knox was, but he's a good in-line wide tight end that I think can be effective down the seam and be effective in the running game. So those two guys jump out at me as, you know, the quarterback in, in, in Corral and Cooley the tight end we talked a little bit in, uh, earlier about 
running backs. But I do think that those two guys are going to be pivotal to see if this offense can get some rhythm. Because um, when you look at the success or lack thereof they had as a team last year, they had a lot of talent, Dave, a lot of next-level talent that's going to be playing in the NFL that they just didn't get a whole lot of production out of. Um, and, and good defenses stumped them. So without as much proven talent, you'll wonder if they're going to get you know, as much done even as the last year, which, again, wasn't even good enough. So that is what I'm looking for and what I'm standing out to me when I study Ole Miss spring practice tape. That is your Locked On SEC football podcast. Don't forget, you can also catch the Locked On Big Ten football podcast. We will uh, take Monday off for Memorial Day. Well, I want to take a moment and thank uh, all of those that have served and that have given the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, certainly, Chris, it, it makes uh, this and things we do uh, a lot more enjoyable knowing the freedoms we have. No question about it. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks. God bless everyone. And be safe if you're out there traveling. Uh, enjoy it. And and I echo your thoughts. Uh, thanks for all the veterans. And, you know, I know we've got a lot of them that, uh, that go to the website and listen to us here. So uh, let's give us a chance to thank you for listening and thank you for your service. So God bless. And uh, we'll catch up with you on Tuesday. There you go. Have a fantastic day, everyone. See you Tuesday.